two, one. What on the podcast, everyone? This is No Spooks Allowed. I am at not underscore spooky. And this is NSA underscore mod. And it's been a minute. And I am to blame because I didn't watch the movie. So. Oh, and also get COVID. Oh, yeah, that's right. I did get COVID. And uh, it was nowhere near as bad as uh, NSA mods experience. I was done within three days, but I still uh, quarantined for five days because I didn't want to get the people I'm living with sick. So, Just like uh, uh, I didn't yeah. get the people that I lived with sick. Yeah, I, I quarantined according to CDC guidelines. I'm glad they changed it at that point or else I would have had to quarantine for freaking 14 days and um, I was going crazy by day two, so. Um, I wasn't too bad per se, but I mean, after like, I would say the week after I came back from the hospital, like once I was kind of given like, all right, you're good to go home. I kind of at that point just started like, all right, I'm, I'll drive to the store. I don't really care. Um, yeah, I don't know if like the feds care or not, but like, uh, basically day three, I wasn't wearing a mask in, in store. It technically still was, uh, contagious, but like, eh, I stayed away from people, but yeah. Um, I especially because uh, the CDC has now said that, the um, uh, masks that I have in my car, uh, aren't actually effective. So like the only ones that are effective are the Cade N95s or whatever they're called. So there's that. Yeah. So this is uh I don't know. I, I think it's it's a little bit interesting. I I would say maybe I mean I, I do kind of acknowledge that what made my worse was Specifically, like seventy-two hours of just driving without actual resting. Um, where... Also, I do know this. I don't know if this is like too personal to share, but vitamin D deficiency, right? Uh yeah, but I mean, I, I don't know. I guess I was a little bit out there, but I don't um, know. Like, um, for example, uh, there's a study coming out of Israel, uh, your favorite place. Um, is that, but, huh? What's, what's that? I don't know. I just, I just think you think it's a beautiful country, right? Sure. Yeah. Uh, anyway, um, the Israel study suggests that um, there's a direct link between uh, amount of vitamin D in your body and outcomes of COVID. So they could predict with relative accuracy how much vitamin D a person had in their body when they got COVID based on their symptoms. So, and the less vitamin D, the more severe their symptoms. So, okay, it's an interesting study. So, uh, I mean, I, I don't know. It's one of those things where, like, I've heard that in the beginning, where like, oh, people were talking about like vitamin D, and then basically also just kind of taking a bunch of you know, just ordinary vitamins and then you should basically be good. But I was already at a deficit by that point anyway. Right. Um, so, I don't know. I, I just think it's like, I, part of actually getting um, COVID and then also part of then going to the gym a lot lately, I 
I have been getting particularly annoyed at like fat acceptance. Sorry, what was that? Like I, I've been getting particularly annoyed at like fat acceptance, where oh, it's just like I thought you yeah. said fat substance. I was like, uh, like just general fat and food or what? <laughs> so no, no, no. Just like how tolerate like society seems to just tolerate and kind of push just like progressively fatter and fatter people. Like because yeah. I, I started noticing it is like I mean I don't know on um, when you go to the gym, there's like twelve different like TVs at least in front of you, and it's just like man, like you used to see thinner people on TV and now it's just like everyone is at least considered obese in some standard in terms of what's on the TV. I'm like, wow. Really? Like, I, uh, I, don't, I don't watch uh, modern television. So like um, I'm either watching movies or like old stuff. So I'm like, currently I'm watching Seinfeld. So like, I don't, I mean, I, I forget the name of that guy. I mean, Everyone's skinny in Seinfeld, so. No, no, not, not Newman is not skinny. Oh yeah, he's not skinny. Except I'm only in season three, so Newman hasn't made his appearance yet. Yeah. Well, he makes it. He makes a voice appearance uh, in season two, where he's threatening to jump off the building. So, but the actual yeah. actor that plays Newman hasn't made the appearance. So. Okay. Um. I don't know. I, I guess even part of the whole thing. Uh, well, that's a spoiler for like seasons later. But, um, but yeah, I don't know. It, it, it just sort of seemed really weird. Where is it's like, why? I don't know. Like you, you get so used to everyone just kind of being like, if you were to look at a TV show from like the 2000 and look at it versus now, I mean, a uh, for some reason there's a lot way more black people, and then <laughs> b it's just like everyone is also fatter for some reason. Yeah. Um, so I watched uh, Friends. I know like Friends gets ragged on, but I watch Friends and uh, literally everyone is skinny. I And if, they're, if there's a fat person, they're making fun of that person for being fat. So. I never watched Friends. Uh, it does not surprise me that you have not watched Friends. The only time the Friends was ever on in anywhere my vicinity were like the two times I was at the hospital growing up, and it was without volume. Interesting. Yeah, um, Friends gets a bad rap. I I enjoy it, but um, but yeah, this also kind of gets me to um, an idea that I had, and. I don't know, maybe you might humor me a bit. Um, sure. CNN ratings. Oh, sorry. I thought you were going to go along with the fat acceptance vein, uh, no. but continue. No, CNN ratings. How many viewers do you think that they get a week? Um, do you have the numbers up? I'm looking it up right now, but I, I saw a rough so, but- idea a couple of Based on um, my knowledge of how CNN works, um, I think their uh, ratings are currently abysmal. And the only reason they do have any ratings is because uh, people play them in gyms and um, airports, except now they're not contractually obligated in airports to play them. So like CNN isn't the only one that's on in the airports. 
Um, so I would have to say in the ballpark, 2 million viewers a week. No, that you're being way gracious. Oh, really? In a week, they get 550, 555,000 viewers a week. That's it? Yes. Oh, geez. And you can pretty much scratch off at least a third of that based on gym usage and airport usage, yeah? Pretty much. And that's kind of what I started thinking about was like, all right. And like, I'm I, being conservative. Like, uh, every time that I've been to my gym, it's like they, they have CNN playing, and no one goes to those treadmills besides me. <laughs> That's... And so I was just like, okay. Well, is that a function of where you live? No, no. I think it's just a function that everyone either goes to the weights and do stuff like that than go to the treadmills. Are you only on the treadmills then, or what? Um, I spent most of January on the treadmills, and then now I started doing weights. Nice. Um, but that's uh, unrelated. <laughs> but yeah, so looking at that, it was just like, all right, so there's about, I, don't know, I think it's like about 3,000 locations in America for this one particular franchise. And so then you got that, and then uh, let's see. And is it and, per TV? Say that again? Is it per TV that they're counting? So that's 555,000 TVs that are playing CNN? Um, let's see. Uh, there was one. There's a, what do you call it? Um, a New York Post article says, CNN sees ratings dive of 90% after 2021 coverage. <laughs> 90%. I mean, their, their uh, president just stepped down on unrelated notes, but um, it's interesting that uh, what made him step down is um, an extramarital affair rather than his uh, ratings being terrible. I mean, I don't imagine that would actually, they would actually care on that end. But I do, I felt it was something along the line to having to do back with Cuomo. Oh, yeah. So, like, the only reason he ended up having to step down is because Cuomo's uh, lawyers are like, well, if I did this, uh, the president is well known to have been doing this. So he has to step down, too. It was like uh, to avoid further litigation or something. So. I mean, I just pulled up a incredibly boring article in terms of how things are measured. Yeah. Um, well, if we just assume that, um, I feel like what they might do is, um, based on TV viewership, they might average out a like household, like assume that there's this many people in a household, and so uh, they average over all of America. But uh, okay, so I mean, in the end, that's kind of thing that I was kind of getting at was that it seems like it's relatively like almost just bots where I think I don't understand like who, A, even when I am watching it, who is watching this? And then B, like it, none of this seems like relatively informative. And it, it's like, 
um, when I was watching in the beginning of January, they had, um, I forget what's the name of that guy. The guy that went, that they had him sent out to North Korea. Um, Brian Williams? No. No. Um, CNN. Shout. Forget. Say it again? Don Lemon. No, no, no. It's a relatively Spanish guy. This uh, what's the guy's name? Enrique Iglesias. No. <laughs> <laughs> Where basically like for the entire week that he was just swearing and then it was just like it seemed like nothing was happening. Um but then it, it, I guess to me he was swearing on T- live TV or what? Yes. Interesting. So he he was the host of the show. Okay. But like I, I guess maybe even further, I, I guess to me, watching the whole thing was that it seems as if con- they continue to come from such a position of ignorance, where it was just like, oh, why would Trump feel that like that the, the election was stolen from him? Such a lie. And then for the next three weeks, they started referring to Trump thinking that the election was stolen from, stolen from him as the big lie. And then in all their shows, they kept pushing, this is the big lie. And it's just like, really? Like, it, it takes, I mean, four years ago, you were saying the opposite for Hillary Clinton. Right. Um, I hate to break it to you, but uh, CNN is in the business of propaganda. Sure, but uh, to me, it's just like, I feel like how, uh, even if you were in the audience, you would feel that they're, like, you can see through the, like, through the hand-wringing that's occurring, where it's just, like, it's just active manipulation. Like, why would any, like, election ever be rigged? And then basically, what? Don't you see that? Like, the ratings dropped 90%. Sure. I mean, that, like, I guess in in turn, the, the ratings have reflected them being terrible. But, like, I I don't know. I, I just almost feel like to the point where, like, just, just finally just wiped them off the, the, like, the entire television, like, channel broadcast, et cetera. And date them off, basically, or what? No, as in, like, there should be enough, like, um, this, people should just kind of finish making, like, some form of, like, uh, I don't know, what would you say? Like, a concerted effort to just take their remaining adverts off. I see. Also, I don't know if it's also a a correlation, but there is a lot of commercials for HIV drugs on CNN. Really? I I don't get why. I... uh, it seems odd to me, but it's like uh, at this point they continue to advertise this one drug. And what is like, it called? Oh, yeah. I I don't know the name of the drug, but I know that it's like I can describe you what the commercial looks like. It's yeah, like please. a bunch of black people dancing for some reason. <laughs> Interesting. Uh, there's like a scene where like this lady and this guy oh, are. Which one you're talking about, actually? Where they're like washing a dog. Yep. Yeah. HIV doesn't have to define you. Talk to your doctor about blah blah blah. Yeah, and I don't. Know, I, I it's just a. I mean, it's a terrible disease for everyone, but it just seems weird that out of 
all the TVs in front of me, it is the most consistent um, ever. Oh, did I talk to you about that um, that crocodile show? No. Okay. <laughs> what what crocodile show are you talking about? So there is a show on the History Channel. Once again, this is starting to get like dumb just because it's just talking about bad TV. But like on uh, the History Channel. Channel. Say that again. I said CNN History Channel. Like yeah. what, other, what other bad TV shows can we talk about? Pawn Stars. Yeah. Uh, so on the History Channel, there's a show where they go after like, uh, I guess, uh, crocodiles or alligators. I don't know the difference. Um, but they make it seem like, oh, like it's like the hardest thing to like fish. But like I, every time that they show the show, it ends the same way where they're like, oh, they're fighting for it. And then eventually it takes their lure. So now they don't have an actual thing to like hunt it with. So what they ended up doing is start getting a boomstick and then they shoot the alligator and then it floats to the top. And it's just like, all right, like, how is this a challenge at this point? Is this uh, Swamp People then? Yes. Okay. I, I've actually seen that, so. And it's just consistent, like, it's like every episode ends the same way, where it's like, oh, he took our lore, so we didn't have anything, so now we had to use this. We didn't want to. And it's just like, I, I don't get, like, I don't know. I, I have seen the Hunting Channel before. I have seen, like, where this may be a challenge where you're sitting on the perch for like five days waiting for like the perfect shot. Whereas watching that is just seemed like, all right, there's no challenge to this. Just pull out your gun and shoot it. Uh, they have to elongate it for the TV. <laughs> they have to elongate a five second scene into a 15 minute show. Yeah. But yeah, that's neither here nor there. Um, anything you see in the news has bothered you? Um, the issues with re- Ukraine is silly. Um, I saw an article saying that, like, uh, that Biden says that even if Russia invaded Ukraine, the American troops won't be sent in. Yeah, I know, but like, I don't see, I don't foresee Russia invading Ukraine. Like back in Obama's tenure, um, Putin had literal, um, like there was a referendum in a certain part of Ukraine that they wanted to be annexed by Russia because it would have been better. But you, uh, Putin was like, no, I'm not doing that because then the world will think that I was taking over Ukraine and that would just cause a war. And so just by, um, by past precedent, I don't think he's he's planning on doing anything. So, um, what was I going to say? Oh, um, there's that, and then there is uh, Biden making crack pipes available up for racial equality. <laughs> um, it's actually safe smoking kits. So. How do you feel about harm care? Like, like I was, what's the actual uh, phrase? Um, ah, I forget the name of the phrase. 
it's like um basically like liberals have this exact uh um this this verbiage in terms of how they view um like the like the usage of drugs like harm uh, reduction there you go well i'm all for harm reduction um but i see the problem with the crack pipe and the um crack in general is who who supplied the crack initially sure i it go- like it was the government supplying the crack and now they're providing a re- the, like the government breaks your leg and offers you a crutch and says, what would you do without me? Well, you created two jobs at that point. Well, if you're in the business of creating jobs, like let's get rid of like, this just goes back to basic economics, but like, let's get rid of um, tractors and stuff and just dig everything with shovels. Like it's stupid. There's, there's an efficiency thing that you need to do. And when you criminalize something, you're in the business of generating revenue off poor people. So. so I was having a argument with a Canadian a couple of days ago. Okay. And it was after this came out. And I looked it up because they start like one of the things that they said was that in Canada they've been doing this whole like harm reduction where they've been supplying like safe needles and injection spots for like months. Or not months, years, like since like um, I want to say the early '90s or what have you. Yeah. So I, I looked up an article, and it was actually the only one that was re- remotely critical, which I think was interesting because the rest of it kind of glossed over it and just kind of talked about it from a um, my feels type of direction as opposed to giving facts. Sure. So. It's just the first two paragraphs of this article from the Washington Post. Yeah. As expected, 2020 was recently revealed to have been British Columbia's worst ever year for fatal drug overdose with 1,716 deaths. The third time in four years that death can be counted that has exceeded 1,000. Drug fatalities are now the highest cause of unnatural deaths in the province, killing more British Columbians and murders, suicides, and car accidents combined. British Columbia has the highest rate of opioid toxicity deaths in Canada. While um, real quick, real quick, um, does this article reference fentanyl at all? Uh, no, or at least if it does, at least I. It would I mean this article is riddled with like a bunch of hyperlinks leading to other articles and studies. So, yeah. Um. So, and while the difference in the U.S. and Canadian data prevents an apple-to-apple comparison, a rate of a 33.4 overdose death per 100,000 people would appear to make British Columbia one of the most drug-ravaged jurisdictions on the continent with no signs of slowing down. As I discussed in September, British Columbia's drug crisis is uniquely tragic because it comes against the backdrop of a progressive political establishment has long insisted it's actually managing the problem in a world-class way. For instance, Philip Owens, the former mayor of Vancouver, associated with heralding the start of the city's liberal drug regime, has been showered with awards and accolades as a trailblazing pioneer of informed and compassionate policy that though today's overdose deaths in Vancouver are, high, are 
more than twice as high when he took office in 1983. Whenever such an embarrassment services, however, they are reliably hand-waved away with excuses that yesterday's heroic reform is completely insufficient to meet unique the unique circumstance of today. Um, so, I'm curious about the drug policy. Then, like, is it still illegal? So, obviously, it's still illegal to sell drugs. Like, they haven't decriminalized they, them. They've I just, believe they have decriminalized them. So, like, at that point, they need to step in and, like, um, like if they're decriminalized, they need to have a white market for them. Like, the only reason things are going bad, I, in my opinion, is this new drug, fentanyl, that's, like, incredibly bad. So, if there's going to be a regulatory agency, such as the FDA, like, you need to have a spot that does the regulation of said drugs. So then you're in favor for more government? No. Um, it could be done by a private agency. like uh, Just like um, underwriting laboratories is not controlled by the government, but it's um, a um, like electronic safety commission. It's like the FDA, but um, for electronics, not everyone cares about it. Like, but you know that if you get a appliance that has a UL sticker on it, then you're going to be good. For me, I just kind of feel like this is making the situation worse. Um, I, I kind of feel like maybe it's a way cold-hearted, but we have a lot of people. In well, these like. People. What if? What about the Ron Paul approach? I, I would assume that you would uh, agree with Ron Paul. Like, just because uh, you make heroin legal doesn't mean like you're now inclined to go get heroin. I I feel that the answer is not legalizing it per se. Um, though I do think that if you were to have a like, let's say a mass market like for an entire year we're going to make it legal but eventually all these people will just kind of kill themselves out um well, like just look at prohibition in the 1920s when they made alcohol legal deaths by alcohol skyrocketed because they were no longer being like open about their practices if you open up the practices it might take a couple of years but like things should clear out i know uh, to me, I, I just kind of feel it's more that the drug usage in itself, like, is just these people have a, a, an issue, and making these things easier in in certain ways is not going to make it better for themselves. And in a way, there is a bell that has gone off in their head that can't be unrung, and eventually they will just continually to be like a plague on society financially in a multitude of ways until they eventually die. Interesting. Uh, I, like, I, I, I mean, think we have a slight disagreement here because I, I don't see because any time prohibition never works. Like there's no case or instance that prohibition has stopped something. I'm it not necessarily I, I guess I mean, underground, but like, I guess the, the argument that we're, trying to have here is like whether or not the legalization would increase the amount of deaths, right? Is that what we're trying to discuss? Uh, to me, it's not even that either way. I, I almost feel like just 
it's a lost point. Like if someone gets addicted to drugs, I feel like just let it go. Like this person has no longer, like is no longer going to be who they were beforehand. And the, the amount of money that you're going to make around all these programs to try and either rehabilitate them or at least give them a clean form of living is only going to be a progressive waste of money. So just accept that they have died mentally in your head and then just move on. So like automatically in your mind, once someone's addicted to drugs, um, they're past, um, past redemption. I wouldn't say past redemption. I just don't think of the, that in a way that we have cured those things. Like, um, I forget, there's a certain, I think, pill that you take where um, you no longer get the enjoyment of alcohol. So it's a, it's a way that's supposed to basically stop you from, like, drinking. So it's like it completely takes away, like, the, the feelings of getting drunk and getting a buzz. But then people still just continue to, like, actively drink while on it. Like, I'm, I'm sure someone can pull, like, a situation where, like, oh, this person use this to eventually recover but eventually once they stop taking that pill i mean they'll just go back to it like i think that like well when someone this, becomes a go like ahead. um psychedelic drug i think it's called a boga um that is said to cure uh severe addiction but there's a like one in five chance of dying when you do it i w- would suggest that you watch the there's a there's a do- uh, documentary, things like ayahuasca or what have you. Oh, ayahuasca. I think that's what it's called, actually. Yeah. No, and I'm not sure. It's one of the two. And the whole thing is that they, there was four people that they all decided that they were going to take ayahuasca for the same reason, that they, um, that they wanted to basically be done with their individual addictions, and they were all told by someone else that if you were to take it, that eventually uh, it will basically clean out your entire system. And they go through this horrendous adventure, and then at the end, they get further into their drug than they were beforehand. And they also, the same thing at the end of the documentary, I'm 100% sure this works, is just that my chemical makeup basically won't allow me to get cured. It's a depressing documentary, because it's like, it spends the first 60 minutes basically making it seem as if, like, these people are actually going to get better. And then you see all these people in the hospital broken, like, at the end of the documentary because it didn't actually fix them. Interesting. Um, so, Netflix used to have this documentary. I guess my question to you would be, like, what would, like, what is your, because um, uh, drug addiction and the opioid, opioid opioid crisis is is definitely a problem like do you have a preferred solution or like or, or are you just like they're gonna do it it's their personality and they're gonna have to face the consequences due to um there being no other option i once again i completely acknowledge that this is like a cold hard stance but i kind of feel that's one of those where it's like i I don't see, there's not many people that I've ever seen go through any form of recovery type situation and actually come out of it and then remain clean forever. Um, 
so it's one of those things like, all right, so then if if we can find something like, all right, let's see. Um, how often do people that go to rehab stay clean? Percentages of addicts to stay clean afterwards. There's no... According to the source treatment center.com, it says that uh, 60% will eventually relapse at one point in their journey. 60? And 60, and then 80% will relapse at some point during their first year of trying to stay sober. Wow. That's not an encouraging statistic. Um, so there you go. So, like, to me, it's like, all right. So then it's like, uh, like, if you're either we have to come up with a way more substantially effective way, which to me, I don't think it will exist, or B, just come to terms that these people are basically going to be broken forever. And then at that point, stop spending as many resources to try and fix them. Interesting. Um, so I, I get recommended uh, Steve-O videos all the time. Steve-O? You know Steve-O from Jackass? Okay, sure. Um, he... He's like the poster child for uh, drug use, but he is currently clean, supposedly. Um, I'd be interested to uh, dive more. In, like he was like, he recorded himself doing like PCP and uh, nitrous oxide and like all sorts of like hard, hard drugs. So I'd be interested to uh, continue to watch his recovery to see if he ends up. I bet he has actually like, tried multiple times and relapsed multiple times but anyway i don't know where i'm going with this but uh personally uh i take a compassionate approach i try to at least like they're still people like i think they deserve chances and the reason i think currently that uh they're in such a bad spot is because of the drug war if they if it wasn't criminalized like we wouldn't be ruining people's lives Granted, some people may ruin their lives and, like, kill themselves or, like, endanger their children, but um, I don't think it'd be as severe if it wasn't criminalized. Mm, I don't know. I At that point, I would then maybe probably the idea of, like, all right, well, how many countries have, like, a legalization, like, experience? And then let's look at like what happens to those people in the situation versus areas where it's not criminalized. I mean, uh, the only country I'm aware of that has like decriminalized all drugs is Portugal. And doesn't Portugal have a way bigger issue? Um, I'm not sure. I, I'm not familiar with Portugal uh, geopolitics. So. Uh, I forget. I remember because I, I had an argument in regards to this. I think it was just like, all right, like, sure, um, there is no, like, uh, crime for drug usage anymore, but that's mainly because you're no longer keeping track of it anymore. But in exchange, like, how many people are, like, actively in terrible situations? This has gone up drastically. Sure. Um, oh, so this came up, um, so a uh, tangential argument that came from this was um, Singapore. 
What do you know about Singapore? Um, I love Singapore. Um, if I didn't live in America, I would most likely attempt to move to Singapore. Um, I do know they are very strict. Like, yeah. They're, so uh, there is something to be said there, but it's also homogenous culture there. So, it, uh, sure, there's a homogenous culture, and then at that point, basically, it's been ingrained in them to be very subservient. But then, like, you also have the situation where it's like they view like it's the what do you call it the broken uh, window idea where it's like if you don't take care of a broken window early on then eventually that problem exacerbates and like to them it's just like all right so even the pettiest of crime have to be treated with like <clears throat> due diligence like, so, like meaning chewing gum in public or chewing yes gum. so and they will actively cane you if you were to spit gum on the street. So or it's like... Like gum itself isn't allowed in Singapore. They have made some exceptions to like medicinal type stuff. But beyond that, like it is not like it's not legalized. And there's right. a video that exists online. And I know that you tend to be morbid sometimes. Of I, a man... I, I try not to be, but it does get better <laughs> of a man who got caned publicly for spitting gum on the street. Interesting. Was he a Singaporean, like, native, or was he yes. a foreigner, or...? No, no, he was a native. And basically, they take him up to, like, this giant wood post, and, like, he's, like, handcuffed, and then they basically use the handcuffs and put it, like, on a hook. And then, like, this guy in an executioner-type robe comes out with this giant stick and then just, like wax him like right in the butt and like you hear a whimper come out of man that haunts you in your soul oh geez have you watched this then yes and on the second time that he gets twacked because I think it's like three hits in total uh, on the second time that he gets hit a line just goes across his entire butt cheek and starts bleeding oh geez and on the third time that line expands and then his entire butt cheek starts to slide off of his body. Oh, my gosh. So it's just like, all right, well, everyone that was in that neighborhood that day knows never to uh, chew bubble gum. Yeah. So, like, <clears throat> I understand the merits of Broken Window. However, um, I'm not an, a fan. However, if I was to move to Singapore, I would remain like, cause I voluntarily went there. I would abide by the rules. Mm -hmm. So I, I don't know, man. Like it's, it's, I don't think that a centralized solution is always the answer. Sure. And I mean, the thing to me is I feel that a lot of these things lead to other issues. And in the situation for like drug usage, I feel that that creates other types of issues in terms of like theft and stuff like that, just because at that point, the want for more drugs, steal people. Um, oh, there's that documentary, uh, Seattle is Dying, where it basically just shows how like the, the whole decriminalized nature of like, Seattle has led to like this massive increase in robbery and murder. Um, I don't know. It's, it's, San Francisco? Say it again? 
I would also point to San Francisco and Los Angeles. Yeah, and like those are two. Oh, there was an article that came out where it's like in San Francisco now they're po- like they're asking people like because the homeless issue has gone so bad they're asking like homeowners to take in a homeless person. Yeah, you sent me that, and I that's like clown world stuff. I, I mean, I don't know. Like, I, maybe I'm the most like cruel person on the planet, but I just. No. I think there are more people than you. I, I just feel like all these things are just My like case in, point, case in point that you're not a cruel person is that you cringed at the Putin uh, or the Russian authority picking up the dog. Yeah. Yeah. So you're not the most cruel person. Oh, so then that guy is. So that that guy and then me. Who knows? That's for um, that's for someone else to decide. But I, I don't know. Like I, I just feel that there are things that exist that are way worse, and I don't know. Like I feel like we should focus on that and just kind of give up. Like if I'm going to be spending my money on things that I don't want to spend it, I feel that drug use is the one that we should at least that in the military is just kind of reduce the amount of money that goes to it. I see. Um, but all see this to then climate go back to it again. Climate change, perhaps? Um, I, I heard a joke and I repeated that joke once and then I did not get a good uh, it, it ruined the mood for the rest of the day. Um, and the joke was something along the lines of like global warming. I don't know what what caused the uh, the ice to melt and during the ice age, there were no humans around. I'm kidding. Ice, uh, global warming is real. And I repeated that joke, and to a group of people that all believed in global warming, and it just like it just went like a wet fart. <laughs> interesting and to me it's, it's, it's a weird thing because it's like if you ever question like global warming to these people it's, it's like the, the one of the most like biggest sins you could ever do right so what I'm saying is like is global warming on your hierarchy of reducing amount of money given to I, I don't think that we should give any money to it I think that at this point let's just go back to just pure so, like act. um you do believe that there should be some amount of money dedicated to the military, yeah? Um, not on a, I mean, I guess maybe on a national level, but not to the extent that we are now, where it's basically like half of our budget. Sure. Um, and then do you think, the other question is like, do you think there should be any money spent on drug um, rehabilitation or drug uh, issues? No, I, I feel that at a federal level, no. That if it was going to at all be treated and de- do it on a local level, like a church or like a local like group invested in the area where at that point they have a relationship with the person, but mm-hmm. not on a like federal level. I, I think that is a problem that could at least be solved locally. I see. That makes sense. Um, but yeah, 
So well, this is a, a long-winded way to get back to the movie Snatch. Yeah, I have to head out soon. So um, I believe you wanted to talk to me about uh, the initial opening scene where they're dressed as uh, Hasidic Jews. Yes. I uh, liked that conversation a lot. And uh, I have thought about it a lot over the years. Interesting. I don't know if you were listening to it. I was listening to it, and I, I assumed that's what you wanted to talk to me about. Um, uh, it kind of glazed over in my mind. Um, if you could uh, give me a rundown real quick. Okay. I know it's uh, like possible translation errors led to um, led to Christianity being what it is. Correct? Yeah, so here's the actual quote. So the biblical scholars mistranslated the Hebrew word for young woman into the Greek word for virgin, which was a pretty easy mistake to make since there is only a subtle difference in the spelling. But back then, it was the the virgin that caught people's attention. It's not every day a virgin conceives and bears a son. So you keep that for a couple hundred years, and the next thing you know, you have the Holy Catholic Church. Interesting. Um I am 100% in favor of the theory that uh, Bible has mistranslations in it. However, um, there is also historical data to suggest that there was a man that claimed he was Jesus or claimed to be the Messiah. Um, there's like trial records and a or a record of a crucifixion happening around that time. And so the Christianity I believe would have sprung forth. Uh, I do believe the Roman Catholic church was born out of mistranslation, mis mistranslation though. That is, that is my view. So, um, uh, one of the historical records is like the history of like Flavius. And it was like, basically he took this guy that he was just writing down things at the time, which yeah. is fine. I'm not like the whole thing is not to say that Jesus didn't exist, but to me, it's just that like, if you do look up that whole conversation about the the word virgin and the word um, like young woman, they mm -hmm. were basically like relatively synonymous in terms of like usage, just because of how close they were. Like, right. um, once again, it's, a, it's taking such a weird minutia from this conversation, <laughs> um, as opposed to the larger scale of the movie. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I, I, I thought it was an interesting conversation. And afterwards, I, I looked it up and that I, it always just kind of stuck with me. Yeah. Um, so I have issue with the Roman Catholic Church, actually. Like, it doesn't seem, if you're looking for a, a biblically correct church, it doesn't match the bill. Like, anyway. So, well, that's where you get to the whole. Uh, giving Pope situation of wanting to take it back to that and then everyone walking away. Yep. So, but uh, even taking it back to its origins doesn't really fix the problem. Um, there is no such thing as like, uh, like if you just look at the structure of the church, like um, it, if you look at Jesus's time and what is recorded in the Bible, um, Jesus's church technically was built of um, a head prophet, which was Jesus and apostles. And then 
for some reason, uh, Catholics have deviated to the Pope and criminals. So, well, I would say that part of it is just that um, that the Catholicism was trying to appeal to the Romans at the time that had like their whole pantheon of different gods. Right. So, in my view, um, it is. Um, I'm trying to say this in a nondescript way. Um, it is. Um, a logical error on the founders of the Roman Catholic Church's part to incorporate um, paganism into Christianity. I don't believe if you're if you're looking for true Christianity, um, paganism really doesn't have a say or a a place in Christianity. So that's. Have you ever looked into Santeria? Uh, no. So basically, Santeria is the equivalent of like if someone were to uh, talk to someone that was a Buddhist, like 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 did voodoo, and basically just told them what like Jesus was, and then left them. And then at that point, this person that came up with a weird combination of like, all right, well, I'm going to continue doing voodoo. But then I'm also going to incorporate a little bit of this Jesus guy into it. Okay. So it's similar to how Catholicism is, is a mixture of like Roman paganism at the same time. Interesting. Um, I don't know. I had a friend in high school that practiced Santeria, and like it was weird because like part I, of his you thinking of the Red Hot Chili Pepper song. No, you're thinking of the Sublime song. Oh, Sublime! Oh, my gosh, I'm not good. With- <laughs> I don't, I don't uh, like to, so like that's why it never registers that it's actually sublime. But uh, it was weird because he used to cut himself as a form of devotion towards God, and I, I always just thought what it was. Huh? There's a there's a name for that. It's like penance or something. Like I can't. Yeah, I guess penance would be like the idea. Because, it, like, I know in the Philippines they have people that. I guess this is a form of uh, Santeria. Uh, they crucify themselves and they also walk through the streets and whip themselves before they crucify themselves with actual nails. Yeah. So, but have you ever seen the, the, the videos of the people that put like knives into their faces? No. Oh, so it's similar to the people that like get crucified, except they just put like a bunch of like knives in their face. That's awful. Pretty, yeah. It's pretty intense. So it's like I like I feel like all these things is just like someone came by and then did a like oh I want to be a missionary to these people but then when they were confronted with any actual like opposition of like hey this is what we've been practicing it's like all right well I mean I guess you can keep doing that because in a way I guess you can say like that's a form of devotion as opposed to just being like what you call it, no half measures and just say, like, listen, what you're doing is wrong. Right. So it's like these people then keep like a lot of their old customs instead of just progressing into something, I guess, more modern. Interesting. But snatch. Yeah, snatch. Um leaving the initial conversation behind, uh, I feel it was a great movie. Um 
uh, I don't know how to approach reviewing it other than um, I did enjoy it. It's probably a three and a half on my list. I would say it's a four. I mean, uh, I started even rewatching it last night. Um, oh, really? Yeah. Interesting. And to me, it's just like that movie just has so much like style throughout the entire thing. Yeah, like the closing scene where, um, oh shoot, I can't, Mickey uh, is about to knock the uh, other fighter out. That that was beautifully done, where it, it looks almost uh, anime-like, is the best way I can describe it. Okay. So, oh, like, yeah. it's like yeah, the sharp movement cutting in and out, and then the music in the background, oh man, like, it was very cinematic. I enjoyed that. So, when he, when he like, gets knocked down, goes into the water, and then comes back and punches him. Mm-hmm. Like that I think that was my favorite scene in the movie. So So at first I I really liked um like when I was younger, I really liked the, the scene where they burned down the trailer park. Um I I just thought that like the entire the way that it was filmed and with the music and stuff like that, like that was probably the, the best scene. Upon rewatching it, I I feel that that move that scene has kind of moved down to like number three, and then number two would be like the one where they're chasing the rabbit. Oh yeah, and, that that one's also very um, cinematic as well. And then the first one then being that scene of like basically the entire like five minute ending scene of that fight. Yeah. Um, because like at first like you like I mean there's a director like how it was filmed but then you also see like how the pikey's basically like completely like sh- not screwed over everyone but basically like um they I, I guess intellectually bested everyone yeah um so that's the other aspect of the movie like you're like in suspense the whole time and you're like oh man you feel for the pikey's and but the pikey's take care of themselves in the end and it's very uh vengeful like if i don't know vengeful is the right word because it's like sweet justice i guess but which is interesting because for the most part like there's the the movie is relatively just humorous and then you get to like two points where it just gets really dark there's a scene where they where bricktop shows up and basically starts describing what you want to do like being like greedy as a pig yeah right He's talking about like having these pigs just like chew up this body, and then the afterwards they have the the black guy in a body bag, and they're gonna like cut him up. Yep. And then afterwards, then you have like that like the scene where they cut up the the not the where they, cut, where they burn down the trailer park, and then like it's like the, the last half of the movie just becomes like basically like Mickey's incredibly depressed, and he's an alcoholic, and he just like it just becomes catatonic in a way. Yep. And it's just like, man, like this, it's a, it's a weird um, twist that ends up happening in the movie where the other scenes then have to like lighten the mood. Yeah. So um, the other movie I can kind of compare the pace to um, is, oh, shoot. What is that? Adaptation, I think. Okay. That's a, a weird twist for sure. So, um, uh snatch was more entertaining throughout obviously um but the end just like reels you in and like hooks you yeah. just like just like adaptation does 
I uh, there was that one. I always liked the the ending of adaptation. Um, especially it was a point where they were talking about the the, the girl that he used to have a crush on. Mm-hmm. And then basically they talked about like um, that he was like a fat and like a weirdo, what have you. And then eventually that like she laughed at him. And then the other the brother was like, "Why? Why would you still like into her?" It was like she can't take away my love. Like I love her. And it's like in the end, like that's special to me. She doesn't have to reciprocate it. It's just something that I feel. And I was yeah. like, Jesus, like that was that was intense. Yep. So um, that's the only other movie that I can think of that had a similar uh, pull to me. So um, Grand- Snatch was a little more entertaining throughout, um, obviously, because there's like fighting and there's humor. But um, but the end scene just like does it for me. So to me, it was also interesting to see um, what you call it. Uh, Brad Pitt kind of going back to that whole like fighting thing. Yeah. yeah, it's just like, I don't know, like, we started at, uh, was it, like, Fight Club nearly, like, a year ago, and to not to then see him back in this type of role, I don't know, was it, it was yeah. kind of like a completion, like, kind of like a continuance of that arc, but, like, I, I, as I was watching, I was like, man, like, I can't think of many movies since that Brad Pitt has done that I was like, oh, this is kind of cool, like, he did with those two. Yeah, and I, perhaps those are his peak performances to... Nor, like uh, based people. <laughs> um, I don't. Know. I would also say that uh, Frankie Four Fingers, Benicio del Toro. I I always enjoyed basically. I thought, um, Frankie Four Fingers was uh Brad Pitt at the start. I was like, that kind of looks like him, but it's not. But but then I realized it wasn't him. So i I'm always been a fan of Benicio del Toro. I, I thought this was an odd role for him to just act as a Jew the entire time, considering <laughs> that he's Spanish. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I I don't know. It's like, there was like so many, just, uh, I would say, like good people. I would say, like, in terms of, like, villains, Rick Top has always been up there. Like, there's something to me where it's just like, there's like a level of, like, lack of compassion to yeah. him that just makes him seem like such a threat definitely and uh the the beautiful part of the movie to me is that he gets his like yes so i i, I, I did think I one for happy endings but <laughs> i did think it was a bit messed up that the black people kind of didn't like they also just got in trouble like I mean, they were just kind of slight bystanders in this entire thing, where like every, like in a in a movie where everyone is terrible, like it seems like they were kind of the least terrible, but then they got kind of like, I mean, it ended with them being arrested, right? I don't know. Ah. Um, commentary on uh, the the ju- justice system and black people. I guess. So, <laughs> but uh. So you say four, I say three and a half, maybe 3.75, because I don't see myself uh, watching it soon, but I'd probably watch it again. I, I don't know, like watching it again, like, it was just like you, I, I really liked the music throughout the entire movie. Like I thought that was one of the, like, it, there was like a lot of great choices where I would say like in Tarantino movies, it's like you have like a bunch of older type songs, right. whereas those were all like relatively modern at the time. 
And then also, like, you had, like, all these stylistic choices in terms of, like, how the, like, I mean, even in the beginning, like, where, like, to show, like, how frantic that, like, robbery scene was, like, you had the camera just constantly turning around. Um, So it was just, like, there was all these, like, stylistic choices throughout the movies where it was just, like, man, like, this is a interesting movie to itself to watch. Like, oh. I agree. I will say the camera turning around sometimes makes me uh, nauseous, but uh, I guess uh, I guess I, I could see I, that. I that kind of stuff, though, like that doesn't bother me too much. Um, so I would say that, uh, with that, and then um, what? Where do you want to go for like next week? Um, you were talking about a movie earlier. I can't remember what we were talking about in reference to, though. Any description of what the movie is? Perhaps it was just um, the Guy Ritchie movies. I can't remember. Oh, like, um, Rock and Roller is basically another movie that people consider pretty high up there. And then there was also Lock, Stock, and Barrel. And, and two smoking barrels. Yeah. Um, I'd say we either do Adventure into Guy Ritchie or we can do our monthly uh, Tarantino. That's fine. Um, so the next Tarantino movie would be, um, what's it? How did I already forget the name of the movie? I know. Um, Jackie Brown. Jackie Brown. And then for, I guess for what you call it, or if you want to go down Guy Ritchie, there is, uh, lock and lock, stock and two smoking barrels, or rock and roller. Uh, I think rock and roller sounds pretty fun. Like you said, it was dumb fun, so sounds cool to me. All right. Um. So then let's watch that. Um. Let's see. I think it was like 2007. Okay. So let's see. Nope. 2008. So I don't know. I I, I mean I know that like the, the years and stuff like that don't really matter. But, like, these type of things is always going to, like, at least inform me in my head of, like, what uh, what was happening in the time like, period. Yeah, what the climate was. Was that uh, Occupy time? No, Occupy was 2011. Oh, okay. I thought, I just associate Occupy with, like, start of Obama. But No, no uh, that was uh, in his second term. Speaking of, um, the, 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 what you call it? I, I'm terrible at words right now. Um, uh, what you call it? The whole push for curing cancer in a couple of years. Um, I wish them luck. Um, but as you said, uh, cancer has been cured for the elites for a long time. Yeah. So uh, like, in term- now that uh, you mentioned it, like, I don't know the last time I heard a senator die of cancer. I don't know the last time I heard a president get cancer. I don't know the last time any House of Representatives, like Nancy Pelosi figure, like it's it's an interesting thing. Like I'd be like I probably need to look it up. I'm speaking out of ignorance currently, but um, I'd be interested to look that that, that up. So you also go into the whole route of like adrenochrome. Yeah. Well, are they gonna start harvesting adrenochrome from babies now? So I'm pretty sure they have been for a long time. No, for like mass public consumption. No, they'll they'll never put it down to the plebs. Um, 
So the cast of Rock and Rolla has Gerard Bar- Butler, Tom okay. Hardy, Idris Alba. Oh, that's a good cast so far. Um, and then Jeremy Piven. Don't know who that is. Ludacris. Oh. There okay. seems to be a very eclectic cast. Yeah. Um, but yeah, all right. So then for next week, uh, Rock and Rolla. Okay. I haven't seen the movie myself, for the record. So I, I, I'm, I think this is one of the first movies in a while that I'll be going into blind. Well, welcome to my world, and hopefully so. <laughs> All right. Um, so then with that, have a good rest of your week. All right. And uh, with that, stay safe. All right. Um, yeah. So let's stop recording. Okay. Uh, yeah. So I have to go cook um, four different sauces for chicken wings, and then uh, I make cookies and pie. Why so many? Because I enjoy doing it. No. Why so many sauces? Oh, uh, for variety. I don't know. Can't you just have one really good sauce? Well, all my sauces are good. So, but it's like a. It, I'm doing like. Uh, international. So I'm doing orange chicken sauce. I'm doing uh, Korean zing sauce and uh, barbecue sauce and um, a spicy mayo. Oh, wait. I, I find it weird. You don't like ramen? Oh, yeah. I don't like ramen. Why? That seems... I felt like that would be up your alley. I don't know. Like, it never appealed... Like, I always eat it, and I'm either always unsatisfied, despite what, like, toppings are in it, and, like, it just never, like, is good to me. Did you ever go to Ramen House? Yeah, I've gone, oh, to actual Ramen House, like, the place Ramen House? Yeah. Uh, No, Uh, I went to this Ramen Bowl place all the time in Clearfield, though, but. Oh. Um, I went to, uh, we got a delivery yesterday. It wasn't that bad. Um. The only issue that I had was it had eggs. If it, beyond the eggs, I would have... You like eggs? Much, I, I don't know. I just find it weird inside, like, soup. Yeah, I agree. Um, beyond that, like, it was... Um, like it was but, like, that, that to me would be a redeeming quality of um, ramen. The eggs? <laughs> yeah, like, I, I would... I understand where you're coming from. Like, egg and soup is kind of weird. But I enjoy it. Like, that would be the part that I would enjoy of the ramen. Oh, uh, my thing had, like, a bunch of, like, beef strips in it. And, like, that to me was, like, really enjoyable. Yeah. But I'll let you go. Um, Hopefully I will. Well, I figured out a, a better system now of uh, being able to have some time to watch stuff. I just need to... Uh, peel myself away from Seinfeld actually to watch something else. So I, I find it weird that you're so into Seinfeld. I don't know. It's good, man. I'm uh, not saying that it's bad. It just seems so like it's a it's due to my attention span um, being what it is. I I can uh, stomach watching 20 minutes of something because it's all of the episodes are 20 minutes. They have good laughs in them, and then I can turn it off. I don't know. Lately, I've just been watching a bunch of anime. 
I, uh, I, I wish I had someone to watch it with because the one story that I've seen was so messed up. What no anime are you watching? It's called School Days. And okay. the whole thing, it basically, it, um, there's an entire genre. It's a, it, you, know, you know like how like romantic comedies exist? Yeah. And basically, it was playing on that genre. And the whole thing was that uh, it was a guy. He was into a girl. And then another girl helped him out. And then as the, the two of them started hanging out, then eventually, like even though he has a girlfriend, he started developing a crush for the new girl. Interesting. So then it gets worse. So essentially, at that point, he never breaks up with the original girlfriend and then starts cheating on the on her with the second one. And then basically everyone is telling the, the girl, like, yo, he's cheating on you. He's doing all these things. And she's constantly defending him and basically, like, doing all these things. And is like, oh, no, he's a good guy. You don't know what he's like. And then progressively then eventually she does catch him cheating and then like she gets broken but she doesn't break up with him she just continues to ignore that it is happening and eventually she gets to the point that she's just completely catatonic and the story gets way worse after this where it's like rape starts getting involved in this and then eventually by the end the girl that he was cheating with um gets pregnant and the girl that he was dating basically doesn't believe the other girl that she's pregnant and thinks that she's using it to just steal him away from her. So she kills her and cuts up her stomach to see if there's a baby inside. And she was like, nope, there wasn't. You lied to it. Just, you lied just like I knew. I was like, Jesus Christ. Oh, boy. Well, that sounds delightful and not like something I would like at all. But... I, I fucking love this anime. I wish someone else would watch it because it was so messed up. Yeah, I, I, I will not be partaking in that. <laughs> Thanks, though. All right. All right. I got to go. All right. All right.